Hello there! It's Friday, which means it's time once again for the best movie podcast ever. The only movie podcast to offer objective and hyperbole-free discussion of every movie in the known universe. I am your host, the podcaster with no name, and with me as always, fear is his mind killer, it's Anthony James. This is the Culture Cave. Hello, Conrad, how are you? Oh, lovely. A little plug. Just to let them know that we're, we're, we're not some rubes who don't know what we're doing. We're professional. Um, I'm okay. Uh, the, 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 the saying in show business is never let them see you sweat. And I'll be honest, folks, I've been sweating a lot in the last uh, the last week because A, it's really hot in the United Kingdom, and B, I had my second uh, vaccine yesterday. Oh. So it's all coming to a head for me. What about you, Anthony? How are you doing? Well, I had mine a few weeks ago, so uh, it's it's past the head now. Um, moving up into Sky at the minute, but it's 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 going well over here. Going over here, the, the the we got the rain after the after the heat, so it's sort of subsided a little bit, which is always good. It's still absolutely boiling here. I think it's not helped by the fact that some of the eagle-eyed among you, or the, at least on the video podcast, will notice that I'm in slightly different surroundings because I finished moving house, uh, which means I now live in. Uh, an oven with my significant other. <laughs> I live in a literal oven. Anyway, um, I've I've mentioned June in the. Oh, I haven't. I suppose it's not mentioned, but I've quoted June in uh, in the little introduction there, mm-hmm. and um, that led me down a movie rabbit hole. It's sort of. I don't really know how I got there, but it led me to Zack Snyder's 300. I'll say that much. <laughs> like um, talking about ovens and desert planets, and somehow. I navigated my way from June trailers to 300. So we're going to talk about it. Um, <laughs> I am going to give absolutely zero clues about Back to the Feature, except to acknowledge that it exists, because I've, <laughs> you've, you've had enough of that. You've had enough of gimmies. Um, uh. and, uh, and Jordan Peele uh, has revealed his new movie, which we're also going to have to speak mm-hmm. about, because we're all, we're, we're all big fans of Jordan, Jordan Peele here on the, on the good ship BMPE. And, um, of course... Finally, last but not least, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. It's not a movie, but it's only streaming on bloody Amazon Prime, and I'm just going to talk about it because it's my prerogative. Something you can I do meant about to it. watch the first episode, but I didn't. So oh, okay. maybe well, between now and next week, I could watch at least a few episodes of it. Well, yeah, I mean they're like 20 minutes long, and there's only six of them, so they're they it, it flies by. Um, but without further ado, Anthony, I say let's talk about some gosh darn movies. Let us do it. Movies, we're here to talk about them. I say that, but the first thing we're going to talk about isn't a movie. It's Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. <laughs> um, we're better to start than, uh, than than with a topic topic, which is in no way about movies. Um, although I will say the cinematic quality of Dark Place is self evident, um, and this is my opportunity to tell everyone they should watch it. Um, now, I I slightly misled you actually, Anthony, when I, I I hastily messaged you as soon as I found out this was the case. It does actually require a purchase; like it's just available right. to purchase digitally. But given the the only ways to watch this show before were essentially to torrent it or to try and dig out a copy of the DVD that's quite hard to find now from somewhere. This is um, a huge step forward. So, uh, if if anyone is in the mood for, how would I describe it? It's like twilight zone if it was mixed with like a hospital procedural made in the 80s that's deliberately really bad that's that's basically <laughs> what garth Marenghi's dark place is um and it, you, you'll recognize loads of people in it it's got uh richard iwadi playing dean Lerner, playing thornton reed uh <laughs> it's got uh 
Matt Berry, who uh, a lot of people probably know him from like the Mighty Boosh, I guess, or oh, yeah. Toast of Toast of London more recently. But he plays an actor called Todd Rivers, who plays uh, Lucian Sanchez, like the Maverick Hotshot Doctor. So it's basically like a show within a show, and it's absolutely amazing. Please go and watch uh, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. That uh, this is my this is my plug for it. Isn't Matt Berry in? Um... IT crowd in the first season he's like the boss yeah he's the boss I think mm-hmm. yeah so I mean they all they're all in it together these guys they they, they, they kind of came up together like Julian Barat is in this Noel Fielding turns up as well it's very much like the kind Stephen of Stephen Merchant apparently turns up Stephen Merchant's in an episode yeah uh, like uh, unfortunately Graham Linehan's in an episode who is uh, a real piece of shit now but um, mm-hmm. it's it's yeah it's great it's worth watching this is my plug for it I promise we'll get back to movies now um, oh, but I look forward to watching it there. Um, I, I oh, need I to watch it. It's so good. It, I, I don't. I, I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say I think it's one of the. I'm going to say top five British comedies ever made. Like it's it's okay. it is that good to me. It's so funny. Um, awesome. Now, I can't promise that the next film's going to be funny. Although I mean, it might be. It might be like us and um, and. Um, Oh my goodness! The other one, Get Out, had mm. their funny moments. Um, have you seen the? Uh, well, I mean, all we've seen of it, to be honest, uh, the 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 movie poster for Jordan Peele's Nope that came out uh, last week. I've seen the movie poster, and it's, I I don't know, like we don't have any details on the plot, really, do we? No. So <clears throat> the only thing we know about it is it's starring Daniel Kaluuya, uh, returning from from uh, from Get mm. Out. Um, uh, I don't know how to pronounce this name. I never looked up. But it's either Keke or um, or uh, Kiki Palmer from a movie called Hustlers that was really good that came out in 2019. Stephen Ewan mm. from Sorry to Bother You and Walking Dead fame. And someone called Barbie Ferreira, whose name I'm not familiar with. And someone you will be very familiar with. That is, of course, Brandon Prayer <laughs> of OA fame as, uh, yep. as, as French. But we know very little else about it, except that the movie poster depicts a sort of... Cloud. I guess you, yeah, it's like an ominously solitary cloud with what looks like a kite uh, string kind of like trailing from it. It's like bunting, it. isn't it? It's like bunting. Yeah, or like, like bunting or something. Um, and yeah. it's like approach, approaching an isolated uh, mountain town but looks things. And and to be honest, when, when I first saw it, I, I don't think this is going to be what it is because I don't think Jordan Peele really does these kind of adaptations. But when I first saw it, it put me in mind of a Stephen King, I think it's a short story called Rainy Season, basically about a couple who visit a small town where like the rain basically holds a deadly secret and it turns out to be like frog monsters that kidnap mm. you. Um, and I was like, is this that? Are you adapting a Stephen King short story? I don't think he is, but I'm very interested to see more about it. So I haven't seen um, Us uh, I, oh, okay. will, I, I will be honest. Um, people I know who've seen it weren't that high on it, to be honest with you. Uh, not as much as Get Out anyway. Um, no, it's so definitely not as good as Get Out. So I'd, I'd be interested to watch it anyway, just to see. Um, yeah. I will be honest with you. Uh, Get Out is a very technically good film, and I, and I did enjoy watching it. And the tension that it builds in it is really, really great. Yeah. But I, I don't know, like, for me, maybe, I don't know, I just, from the start of Get Out, I was just like, all right, well, these people are all racist pieces of shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I like, I was just like, okay, this is... But, oh, no, where it goes, I was never going to predict, let's be honest. And I really enjoyed where it went. And I loved, like, sort of the intricacies of, like, the sunken place and stuff. I loved all that stuff. Yeah, but yeah, the presentation me, was, of the sunken place is But great. from the start, it was just like, I know who the bad guys are from the start. And, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, the white and, people. 
so it makes me think like is that is that intended like i know it's intended obviously it's intended but i mean yeah as, if an american audience was watching that you know sort of like the whole i think i think what, what he was doing was he was like like it was a comment on you know like people like you know it's sort of thinking they're not racist by saying how much they love black people you know yeah, what i mean like it's like a, it's about like a kind of infatuation with stereotypical mm. qualities of a certain race and how yeah and how like that can transfer quite naturally into latent racist thought even with people who think they're very open-minded but my question is like in america in the in the situation that's in america i'm just wondering if people in my position in society in america got that straight away as well or did they think oh here's some lovely white people who aren't racist at all <laughs> Yeah, his um oh fuck, I can't I can never remember the name of the actor who plays the dad in that, but he was in the West Wing and he's very and uh and Cabin in the Woods and he's very funny. Um Yeah, I I think it's I don't think it's necessarily like trying to conceal where it's going, you know, like I think it's pretty clear that like mm-hmm. Daniel Kaluuya is and particularly given you see um Lucky Stanfield get uh jumped by um by some some people in this kind of sunny or it's not sunny at the time but this kind of pleasant um suburban neighborhood right at the beginning mm-hmm. and then um and then yeah daniel kaluuya is very evidently the only black person in the neighborhood apart from um uh oh i looked up his name the other day it's like bo bo keith woodbine or something it's, he's got a great name but the guy who's um no in fact am i thinking of someone else is he in that movie? I can't remember. It's been a while since I've seen Get Out, but there's very few other black mm-hmm. people in 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 um in that movie, and um, I think it's Marcus clear that Henderson. Like... I think is the name of the character you're thinking, or the name of the actor you're thinking of as Walter. Uh, little so... Rel Howry is his friend. You know his friend who yeah some hilarious things happen at the end with yes uh. yeah that is yeah it's a great ending for that that's one of those movies where depending on the crowd you see it with that ending can play very very differently um like i've i've, I've got some friends in america who went to see it in like uh you know more more like black neighborhoods uh, where the audience you know was 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 predominantly uh non-white at least and and they they reported back to me the 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 like adulation and cheering at the end of that movie uh not to give anything away but uh whereas i think it might have might have got a slightly cooler reaction in more more white neighborhoods maybe or maybe not i don't know i i like i, I don't want to speak for for whole communities i was i was definitely uh, rooting for daniel kaluuya's character at the end of it <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but um but yeah so i mean again i really like get out i thought us was was really good as well i don't think it, it realized what it was trying to do as well as get out but i also think it was a lot more ambitious in some ways and it, i would say it's worth seeing um okay. but nope and it is in all caps that's important um <laughs> Oh, yeah. I have I have no idea what what it's going to be about. Um, it's it's certainly provocative though. It's got the people going. Yeah, it speaks to me like an alien thing or something, and like you know that people are just like nope, and like <laughs> maybe they just start running away <laughs> from the aliens. That'd be great. Um, yeah, or or it's about weather manipulation. Maybe someone's oh. got like a someone's like seeding clouds. Uh, oh yeah, that's... it might be doing a climate change sort of thing. Can you interesting? That'd be. I mean, it could be actually, yeah, like a, a a kind of a metaphor for for climate change delivered through the 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 uh, means of horror. I wonder if it's even a horror movie. I assume it is because that seems to be what he makes. But seems uh, to be. Yeah, seems. To we be. shall see. 
Um, but that's going to do it for, for, for the news section this week. I just wanted to get those two incredibly important things uh, out of the way. Um, <laughs> both definitely movie related, which leads us quite naturally into something I'm going to give absolutely zero clues about. I'm not going to help anyone because you've had enough help for the last couple of weeks. And that is, of course, the exciting game show segment. It is Back to the Feature. I'm nervous this week. I'm nervous. I've You'll get to this. Live up to. You, you, I, I would put my house on you getting this one. That's all okay. I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Jeez. Oh, Welcome, friends, old and new alike, to <laughs> to uh, the exciting game show segment. Back to the feature, where I have selected a feature film from 25 years ago today, as close to today's date as possible. Anthony will hear five clues and have five opportunities to guess the title of a film. Each he hears will lower the amount of points he will receive and please play along at home anthony are you ready to play back i to am the feature? i am not going to let you finish your sentence because yeah. i am ready you don't want to step on the host's lines like they will they get very <laughs> cross about that on the game show circuit they'll they'll cut um <laughs> what's what's the guys the family fortunes steve harvey is that his name yeah, in america <laughs> like, yeah steve he'll harvey. come after you um Okay, here we go. Back to the feature. Clue the first. Villain Pam Ferris would often stay in character between takes to try and scare the children on set so that their fear could feel real for the shooting. Pam Ferris. Is that character or actor's name? That's the the actor's name. I'm not going to get it from that then. She would no. I, did li- I, I deliberately did not give you a character's name because I thought you'd get it immediately. Okay, okay. Stay in character to scare the little kiddies on the set. So obviously there's lots of children. Um, okay, I don't think I'm going to get it from that. Um, so I'm going to just guess Hocus Pocus. It came out in the, like, way earlier than that, but we'll just guess it just to move on. Yep, that it's it's a great guess. It is not correct, unfortunately. It's not Hocus Pocus, but a lovely shout for a movie I haven't seen. I wonder if that holds up. I haven't seen Hocus Pocus in a long time. Well, over here in Ireland, they've started putting it in Omniplex cinemas every Halloween. Like they they bring oh, back really? old films, so you That's can go cool. see it. You can go see it, and are the Halloween classics in the cinema? Yeah, I love that. I went to see like Jaws and Alien in a back to back one Halloween. It was that uh, was a great experience. That's okay, awesome. clue the second. Danny DeVito was both the narrator and the director of this movie. Oh, okay. I thought this. I thought this. I thought this came out. He's talking very confidently here, folks. Yeah, I. He's he's it. Like, this is what Anthony's doing right now. Is he's he's dribbled the ball around the goalkeeper. He's got the goal bearing in front of him, and <laughs> yeah. he just he's taking a moment to just sort of show I'm taking a moment to to get down on all of my hands and knees, and I'm going to head it across the line from an yep. inch out. Um, classic 12-year-old playground tactics. But the question is, uh, I honestly thought this film came out earlier than 96. But it mm, mustn't have. It mustn't I don't have. think the answer, so. The, the answer is Matilda. I'm, I'm, I'm inputting Matilda into the Back to the Feature computer. It's, it is a stunning... A stunning run of form for Anthony yes. here. A, fi- a five-pointer last week, a four-pointer this week. If I'd have said villain Miss Trunchbull oh, yeah, uh, in that first one, it would have given it away immediately. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. To be honest, I 
I'm I'm familiar enough with this movie that I was struggling to come up with cl- with stuff that wouldn't immediately give it away. And and Anthony, it, like it, you know, works works with children. And like I I was like, he's gonna know this. He's gonna anything know anything you gave me, I probably would have got. To be honest with you, have you got a clue about a little girl being swung around by the pigtails by any chance? No, I don't. But I'll I'll read you the rest of them so that you can uh, so you, I can take you through the journey that you would have you would have taken had you not been switched so switched on. So the third clue, um, this maybe would have given it away, although I. I think quite a lot of people probably don't remember the name of the girl of the actress uh, who, who played matilda um mara child- wilson yeah well there you go so child star mara wilson's mother sadly died of breast cancer while filming this movie leading her to become very close with co-stars and real life couple danny devito and rhea perlman who played her parents in this movie which very is just a lo- interesting lovely little lovely little heartwarming uh story that that you know they they horrible to her on screen lovely to her off it I'm sure people who listen to us won't listen to this guy, so uh, because you know, I don't understand how you could listen to to a couple of you know pe- like youngies like us and and think that this guy is pretty cool. But interesting, Mara Wilson is actually like the cousin of that um, extremely right wing oil company talking head Ben Shapiro. Is she actually? She is, yeah, oh, and she's disowned is... him. She's disowned him publicly. That is outrageous. That's that's. <laughs> God, worlds colliding there. Um, that puts me closer to Ben Shapiro fandom than I care to be, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, that's um, right. I, I, was, I was like, there's no chance. It, <laughs> disavow. At this point, if you're listening to this uh, to the, this point, there's no chance you're a fan of that guy. If you are, let's 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 have a talk. Let's, let's a agree talk. to disagree and, yeah. and part, part ways amicably. <laughs> let's um, talk some movies. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, clue four would have been uh, the scene where again a banker. This one, the scene where Boris Bogtrotter is forced to eat an entire cake took so long to shoot that the call sheet had an infinity symbol written for its start and end times, which I, I, I guess means see- they got paid infinity dollars for shooting that. I'm just going to. For the first first time ever, I'm going to question this clue. Go on. Is his name Boris? Because I, I think, remember I'm in the film they go, Bruce "You can do it, Brucey." Hold on. Let me let me make sure that I've not I've not screwed up here. It fucking is Bruce Bogtrotter. I've written the clue wrong. Hey, oh, outrageous! Than the, the fellow who was researching it. Oh, come on! That is out. I, I don't know where I got Boris from. I'm like, because. <laughs> well, there you go. Bruce. I just remember you could do it, Brucey. Like Bro, Bo- Boris Bogtrotter is his Russian cousin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Boris. In uh, Russia, cake eat you. Yeah. That's a Family Guy <laughs> joke from probably about the year two thousand and nine. For all of you hip young kids out there. Well, I remember it's Brucey because like my whole childhood would have been a lie because every time like one of us was eating food, the other one would be like, "You could do it, Brucey." Like growing up, hundred percent. It was so yeah, funny. I- I, I look at that now as a 34-year-old man, like that cake eating. I, I'm like, I could do that. That's a piece of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, to be honest with you, I'm better, I'm better at the savoury stuff, but yeah. uh, but I could definitely... Oh, fuck, I could beat Brucey. No bother at all. Oh, yeah. like, Call yourself a binge eater. <laughs> yeah. You should be ashamed of yourself. And the final clue, um, this, this surely would have brought everyone to the finish line. Uh, the picture of Miss Honey's father, Magnus, is actually a picture of the original author of the novel that this movie is based on, Roald Dahl. Uh, which, there aren't that many Roald Dahl adaptations, I guess. Like, uh, there's, I mean, you know, James and the Giant Peach, Matilda. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, BFG. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, there are, yeah, okay, there are BFG. Did they do the twits? Did that ever get adapted? maybe for tv some point i don't remember an actual film of that maybe there was 
Yeah. Well, okay. There's more than I, I initially remembered, to be honest. Um, Danny DeVito narrating a, a Roald Dahl film is just... It works way better than you think it should. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, that doesn't... That whole, like, casting feels like it should be wrong. Because Roald Dahl, when you read them, they, they feel very, like, kind of British. In, in, you know, even though he wasn't... He was only he was only half British, I think, uh, Roald Dahl. But... Um, yeah, the the way they managed to like translate it into something that's much more kind of international, it was exceptional. And I, you know, Matilda is still a good movie. I like Matilda. Like it's a it's a great movie for kids mm-hmm. and a great book as well. Yeah, and she randomly has superpowers, so it's always great. Like yeah, she got telekinesis. She should be maybe she grows up to be in the X Men. I don't know. Like yeah. it's possible. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I'll tell you what else is fantastic, and that is Anthony's score for it. He's got a four-pointer, followed up a five-point week with a four-point week. It's it's absolutely stunning, um, and yet another uh, glowing endorsement for Back to the Feature as, <laughs> as, a, as a platform for Anthony to show off his film knowledge. Um, well, I got two zeros in a row. Let's never forget that. That is true. That is true. <laughs> you, you, listen, they've got a... If you don't... Love me at my worst, you deserve me at my best. <laughs> okay, talking about worsts and bests, uh, and and the the distance between those, hmm. I think it's about time we start talking about a Zack Snyder movie. Now, before you tune out, listeners, know that this is it's probably not going to be that positive a discussion. I'm going to lead with that. I don't want to. I don't want to color the the proceedings too much, but. We, I arrived at 300 as an idea. I, I was, I was, I, I stuck this on. My partner said to me, we're sitting on the sofa, and my, I, I was like, I'd been watching Dune trailers all day, and I was like, I'm in the mood for something like with sand related. I was like, I could watch Stargate, but I couldn't find Stargate anywhere. And somehow, Spartacus. yeah, yes, I, I could go for Spartacus. I could go for <laughs> Lawrence of Arabia. Um, well, we'll get, we'll come back to Gladiator. I know. I was thinking um, the same thing. I think. I was looking for. I looked for Gladiator. I couldn't find it anywhere. Um, and uh, we'd also been watching The Wire, or rewatching in my case, The Wire. And Dominic West plays a a main character in that. So I saw mm. I saw Three Hundred on Netflix, and I was like, okay, I'll stick this on. And as soon as I stuck it on, I'd ask my partner, do you, what What do you want to watch? And she said, oh, anything. Don't worry about it. As soon as I stuck this on, she said, oh, I should have said anything but this. And and that that informed much of the d- discussion going forward. And I, I messaged Anthony and said, I'm watching 300 now. We could do a Best Movie Podcast ever on this. But I'm not going to lie to you. I don't think it's going to be a positive one. Okay, well, we'll just... Ver- I think most people probably know what 300 is about at this point, but we'll just say it's very quickly. It's like a group of 300 Spartans who are sort of trying to fight a huge amount like thousands and thousands yeah. of persians i think um, they say i think they literally use the the the, the, the term millions in this so it's like 300 yeah, they said they must 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 be exaggerating and then they then they see like it looks like millions <laughs> yeah. to be honest yeah um, so it, yeah. It, 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 it basically tells the story of the battle of thermopylae so um you know a bunch of spartans hold uh hold a, a mountain pass um against the persian empire um to uh to try and buy time for for the rest of the Greeks, city-states to get themselves sorted and mounted a defense, which did happen. Uh, you know, it is a real thing that we have um, historical record for. Um, okay, before we start, I just want to say that Conrad did send me a message before I watched it. I haven't seen this film since probably 2010, and Conrad was that the first me- time you saw it in 2010. I think I saw it in the cinema, but I. Th- I, I vaguely remember watching it at home at, at some point as well, but I can't remember when exactly that was, but it was a long time ago. Okay. Um, I do have it on DVD, and it was back in those days when I bought it and watched it. But um, basically, 
Conrad sent me a message saying, just to warn you, you know, I, I hate this film. <laughs> so <laughs> I went into it knowing that. And I'm going to be honest, I was expecting just like, because you know how someone tells you it's, you know, something's crap or whatever. You can be biased going into it and just find everything hilarious. Now, don't get yeah. me wrong, there was, there, was, there was some of that. But I will say that when I first saw this as like a 16, 17 year old, I thought it was cool as fuck. And oh, yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. Um, I honestly, at the time, was a bit of an idiot. I was like, I was like, those abs must be CGI'd on. Um, like, <laughs> I honestly, I honestly believe that. I honestly believe that. And then whenever we uh, decided to do this again, I watched it again. And I'm gonna be honest, I don't hate this film any uh, yet any, either. But I will say, probably just because of like seeing so much more stuff now, it's no longer really cool for me. You know, it's not yeah. a cool film anymore. It's just is what it is. They. They get threatened by the Persians. They go and try and beat the Persians. That's it's, There's not much else to it than that. Yeah, and I, I think um, I'm similar in that I, I first saw this movie in the cinema when I was probably 18 or something, and I loved it. And then I saw it again when I bought the DVD of it in my mid-20s, and I thought it was okay. And now I've seen it in my mid-30s, and I didn't like it much at all. And I feel like this is kind of the barometer by which I can chart my changing tastes in movies. Because I think... There is something to be said for a movie with a very a very striking aesthetic, which this definitely has. You know, it's very yeah. it's very uh, it's very like high contrast, very very dark colors, and you know, lots of um, or very dark shadows, and the the kind of reds and oranges and the bronze hued skin is all is all very pronounced. Um, and there's the, that 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 sense of kind of style is carried over into some. I'm going to say I won't talk about it quite yet because uh, I'll get into it in spoilers. Carried over into some troubling depictions of the Persian Empire, <laughs> let's say. Um, but I mean, it's there are there are good things about this movie. Um, I think the script is not one of them, um, which is <laughs> the, first, <laughs> the first place I need to begin. Um, so we, we, we begin our story with, with Leonidas being visited by yeah. a Persian emissary who basically says earth and water, you know, say, you know, to dominate, uh, uh, demonstrate rather your uh, subservience to the Persian Empire um, and we'll let you go. And Leonidas responds by kicking him down a well. And then... Yeah, he kicks plenty of earth and water down there. And it, <laughs> like that, that must be... Like, I remember that being like one of the original memes on YouTube and stuff. Yeah. Just like, yeah. That's, that's the drinking supply, though. I don't understand. It's, like, you just kicked <laughs> a bunch of bodies into the thing that you draw water from to drink. Like, it seems... Also, it's a very big well. Like, that's the biggest well I've ever seen in my life. It's a huge hole in the ground. It's his kicking well. He's kicking well. He's got other ones. There are other wells. Like, that's it's just, just like a bunch of, like, goats down there that he's, he's kicked in anger. Um... He just probably just sent he sent Spartan Spartans down straight after to fish the body out. Like that's well, yeah, that yeah, that's probably true. That's but the that's part the, they don't show you. That's that's part of their training. Um, yeah. and so they do go, <clears throat> they do go very deep in this idea of like Spartan warrior society. You know, they're trained as children to be these these super soldiers. Um, and um, I I I don't mind that stuff. Like the kind of cult mm. of uh, of of the, the 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 Spartans, even though it kind of. It became something else. I feel like it was kind of uh, co-opted by a, a subsector of largely male society. That was a bit like stop talking about Spartans, guys. Guys, <laughs> like they they weren't as good as you think they were. Uh, they never won any major wars for a start. But um, I, I think yeah, the, the, like the, those early ideas of like the um, I can't actually remember what the 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 process is called, but where they're training the kids are fine. But then they get to a bit. Yeah. 
um, fairly early on where a character tries to join the Spartan army and they say, oh, you can't because you can't fight in a, in a, in a phalanx or a phalanx formation because you can't, can't raise the, the shield. shield. And then literally the next scene, they break formation immediately. And it's just like, who who wrote this? Who who thought this was okay <laughs> to put this scene after that one where like this whole, that, that this character has, has basically been rejected from ever achieving their dream and will go on to cause some fairly significant problems for the Spartans. And all because they, they like want him to fight in a formation that they evidently don't fight in in this movie. I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't even notice things like that. Like, I... Oh. Army formations and stuff are not my bag, baby. Uh, I think I I, I I really understand when people criticize. It's like in Game of Thrones. Like, as soon as people... And season eight, when people were like, why were they standing outside the castle? I was like, yeah, that's pretty stupid, actually. I didn't even think <laughs> <Yeah>. of that. <laughs> Sending your light cavalry into the front of zombies <laughs> is a terrible idea. Who thought of that? Yeah, yeah. so I, I get... I love, I love the analysis like that, where, you know, you just, like... It doesn't make any sense the war on screen but i don't have that brain like i don't i don't know enough about war to even think about that so yeah i yeah i know what you mean like he the the shield up you know and all i just looked to myself like these are the good guys of the film and like mm. they're just they're just partaking in such horrible discrimination never have i seen discrimination such as this since uh the greatest showman starring hugh jackman <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's a there's a, a cut scene from this where Leonidas begins to sing a million dreams uh, to to his his army of of muscular men and you know I will say that the cast in this movie is is a bit ridiculous I suppose at this point uh, people like Dominic West and maybe Lena Headey weren't as well known Michael Fassbender mm. certainly wasn't and David Wenham. I, I suppose you can make the argument that David Wenham never really became well known, even though I I know him from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, but there is like a really good cast in this movie, and and it's not there aren't they're not bad actors. I think it's just a very typical Zack Snyder script, which you know he wrote he wrote the screenplay for this, adapted it from a Frank Miller um, graphic novel. Um, but I think were there any performances to you that kind of stood out as particularly good or, or notable? Well, not necessarily, to be honest with you, in terms of well, like really, really well acted. But I will say that I, I do believe Jared Butler did create a character that's mm. at least memorable. Like, I think, I think, I, I, I think you have to be a well drawn character to be called iconic. But he definitely is memorable. Like, I think the yeah. the, the Leonidas character is very memorable from this film. Yeah, I, I, and I think you know, for better or for worse. Leonidas and this idea of like these Spartans did strike upon something and enter into a cultural zeitgeist. Yeah. Now, I, I don't particularly like that zeitgeist, as I say, because I think it was a, it was co-opted by some fairly unhealthy um, aspects of society. But you can't deny the fact that it that it that it became very popular. You know, that it was it was popular enough that there was a movie called Meet the Spartans that came out. You know, that yeah. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't get you don't get lampooned like that unless you're at least pretty popular. Um and uh, I, I, there was another performance, Conrad, which um I don't know if you noticed too much, but uh was it Xerxes the bad guy? Do you know who plays that character? That's exactly what I'm going to say. Lovely I could I could not believe this when I read. <laughs> I was like, I need to go look who the, look up who this guy is because I, I I'm pretty sure I I remember being told he was Brazilian. Anthony, tell everyone who is playing Xerxes, the eight foot tall Persian emperor. So it's Rodrigo Santoro who 
of course you will know, uh, especially if you're following the After Dark podcast at the minute, as Hector from uh, from Westworld. <laughs> Un- unbelievable. He looks completely unrecognisable. Like, I, I just... I, I, I can't I believe how him. old he is. How old is he? I didn't actually see that either. Well, he's 46. Oh, okay. I... I think I would have put him in his forties. He's he's aged well. Yeah. I'll give him that. But I think it's just that I, I didn't know about him till Westworld, and then I yeah. found out he was in this like ten years before, and that's what made me think, what you know? I, th- I think uh, I must have been misled because I think someone told me he was like a Brazilian basketball player who's actually like eight feet tall, as he's depicted in this movie. Which oh, that is, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Based on Westworld, I'm pretty sure Rodri- Rodrigo Santoro isn't eight feet tall. <laughs> That's the cool thing. They're not actually they're not doing any visual effects in 300. They're doing it in Westworld to yeah. make him smaller. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they have every, all of the scenes with Maeve. He's actually <laughs> kneeling on a box, like <laughs> <laughs> very big shoulders. Like, oh uh, my god! Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's he's incredibly broad, man. Um, okay, so let's the elephant in the room here. On a scale, there are elephants of, at the bottom of the gorge. I'll there tell you are that. elephants. I felt really sorry for them. I always feel sorry when animals are killed in war movies because they they don't know they're they're just being yeah, yeah. driven forward because clumsy, there's food. clumsy, yeah, <laughs> clumsy beasts. Um, <laughs> on a scale of one to Russell Crowe, how badly does this movie want to be Gladiator? <laughs> yes, yes. Fifty. Uh, I think on a scale from one to Russell Crowe, it's definitely fighting around the world. Like, I'll tell you this. You know the moment which it was for me. Obviously, there's a lot of Gladiator stuff. Even he just, just even the look of Leonidas looks like glad, uh, looks yeah. like Gladiator. What's his name in Gladiator? Can't uh, something Maximus. Oh yeah, Gluteus. What Maximus, is his name? Gluteus um, Maximus. Okay, yeah, sure. That's that's probably it. Yeah. So uh, the moment which actually, obviously, there's like like Gladiator stuff the whole way through. Really, like the sort of way they're doing they're going about the character. But at the very end, um, whenever he's like. Now this is actually quite a spoiler, so we'll move into spoilers now. It yeah, is, let's get into is, spoilers. Let's get it's into a twelve. Spoilers. It's a twelve twelve year old uh, film, so or oh, even more than that now. Um, at the at the end when he's kneeling down before he throws the spear at Xerxes, um, hmm. he's like thinking, and it like sort of shifts away to like a a sun dappled oh, uh, wheat wheat field. They with his wife. they got they watched that scene in Gladiator where yeah. it's in like Elysium and he's meeting his wife and son again. They're like, I tell you what. The wheat in this looks great. <laughs> yeah, Let's yeah, get yeah. some of that in this movie. <laughs> that's exactly what it was going on. Yeah. Uh, when that happened, I was like, that's when the gladiators parallels yeah. really smashed. And, it, and it's even got like the kind of the the Hans Zimmer esque score of like this kind of like quite low bassy woman singing like like this kind of wistful far off music, and it, and it's just like. The the score in the it's really weird to draw attention to your score as much as this movie does sometimes because this score ain't Hans Zimmer is not as good as Gladiator's score and it feels very derivative of other stuff and and as you've said like the the um the presentation of of these like kind of sun dappled wheat fields to represent mm-hmm. this yeah. kind of dreamlike and very rural and rugged uh, depiction of Sparta which you can make the argument whether that's realistic or not. Um, it's all pulled from Gladiator, and I and I think something else that, that that probably is as well. I don't know if you if you felt this, but the politics kind of angle with Lena Headey trying to sort mm. of convince the council to uh, send the rest of the Spartan army to 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 save the three hundred, um, and the way that that plays out in the most blunt and just route one 
uh, way imaginable. Mm-hmm. I feel like they were trying to do a similar kind of thing to Gladiator with you know trying to make Rome a republic again and talking to senators and everything. But it's just it it, it speaks volumes to the quality of the writing in Gladiator, which I you know I don't even think Gladiator's that well written but i mean mm-hmm. it's, it's certainly better written than this and 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 this which is Zack snyder who's not a good writer at the best of times and frank miller who is insane um just coming up with this 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 storyline where lena heady leonidas's wife tries to sway her political rival who she knows not to trust with sex he betrays her accuses her of sleeping with someone she didn't who then says nothing and then stabs him yeah. Uh, and he just happens to be carrying around a bunch of Persian gold. Which, yeah. Where where even are you going to spend that in Sparta? Yeah, like, that's exactly what I thought. I yeah, thought, what's, like, like, why is that tempting whatsoever? Yeah, and like she stabs him, and then everyone shouts traitor, and that's the end of the plot line. It's just, it's so bad. End of the plot line. Uh, I think like uh, it does sort of lead to the ending scene whenever they're all sort of le- leaving for the for the battle. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I to be honest with you, I was just, I was a little bit confused by the whole political situation. Like, <laughs> yeah. wh- why is she able to go to the council to ask to go to war when he had to go to some fucking weirdos living in the forest? Like, yeah, yeah, what? he had to climb a <laughs> literally climb a mountain to go and ask someone to go to war. And she's like, uh, it's just the council now. Um, yeah, that's like that's like a a privilege that the that his that the the queen has that the king does not. He, yeah. she can actually just go to the council, and he has to go <laughs> yeah. to weirdos with. And then there's also like. It's, it sounds to me like Zack Snyder read about like a Greek mythology or a Greek uh, history and was like, we gotta have some young, sexy women who are oracles yeah, in there. We some nubile young, yeah, young women to yeah. to writhe about and uh, yeah, like get get some nudity in it. Um, yeah, I, and I think like that that whole plot line just feels feels enormously rushed, and I suppose it does kind of um, it, it, it does help us to arrive at the end of the movie, which is this like big triumphant. Um, battle uh, between between the the allied armies of the, of the Greek city states and the Persian Empire, um, but it costs us Dominic West, who I think gets some of the best lines in the movie. Talking about actors who who I who I enjoyed in this, um, his writing is diabolically bad. But I feel like when Zack Snyder was writing, or maybe it's Frank Miller, I haven't actually read the graphic novel, so I don't know if these lines are in the graphic novel. But there's one particular bit where in that scene where Lena Headey is like trying to sway the council. Um, and he and he says uh he's basically turned on her and then he says uh take her from our sight lest she infect us further with her inglorious and shabby self and i was like who are you trying to write shakespeare Zack snyder like what who why is why is he now talking like this and why is he the only character to speak this way that does sound like he's trying to make like a a moment, you know, like a film yeah. moment, like that will be quoted, and then you know, it's he's so trying good. to sound so erudite, you know, it's like oh my god. Yeah, I, I just I love that. I'd like fair play for giving it a go. Like that's at least with that he's swinging for the fences on his script. <laughs> I don't think he hits, but it's a good effort. Um, oh my god! Yet another example of the script um, not being great. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention, like um, I don't know if this will necessarily have resonated with you that much but it does play into something else i think which is one of the more like there are there are elements of this movie which are stupid and kind of funny but you can you can still enjoy it regardless of them so like the the sort of machismo the like shirtless armorless spartans who are like invincible shouting like who are uh like the the and, and and some of the kind of lighter orientalism but i feel like this movie doesn't present itself as historically accurate 
I understand that. It's not trying to be it's not trying to represent the real story. But there is a very troubling theme um that kind of runs throughout this movie of free men versus slaves. Um which just in the context of like this battle as it actually happened, first off, it wasn't 300 spartans versus like a million persians it was about 7000 spartans at plus their allies versus about oh, 70 really? to 300,000 persians and the spartans all had slaves there were 300 spartan hoplites and they had a bunch of slaves with them who made up a lot of <laughs> a lot uh, and uh, and uh, non-citizens as well like they they kind of um there were sort of semi-citizens in greek society called periokoi who were like not slaves but they were lower in the social st- social strata um yeah. And I think this is me going back to this now. I definitely didn't get this at the time, and I, I, I wanted to, to to ask you whether you did. But do you do you find it difficult at all watching a movie from two thousand and six, very clearly made in like a sort of post nine eleven environment, where it's the, the the main theme of the movie is free, which to me is means is kind of code for white Western men mm-hmm. fighting a, a Middle Eastern oppressor who are depicted as barbaric you've got the executioner with the sore arms effeminate like literally everyone is wearing eyeliner like sexually deviant uh, with xerxes tent of pleasures where there's a literal goat playing a sitar um and cowardly all at once and i I know the, the graphic novel was written in 1998 but i feel like this this feels a little bit to me like quite a vicious metaphor of america's kind of crusade into the middle east in 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 the, the the years following 9-11 yeah and it's interesting as well because if it is that and if that, that's what in some way was even by osmosis the intention it means that you can't walk away from this film thinking that the the filmmakers didn't think that was right you yeah know? yeah and I, I i i think i think that's what they're trying to do, what they're trying to do they're trying to explore this this battle of thermopylae through the lens of modern geopolitical tensions which is not inherently a bad thing but i I just think that the way this this is the main reason that this time round i really didn't like this movie because previously i think i've enjoyed some of the orientalism and i think that's one of those things where where i was younger i kind of saw that and was like oh you know that's quite stylish and different i'm okay with that but watching it now it's like yeah this is this just feels like you're kind of making out your your you're othering, you're othering them. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, like, which, which is, I mean, it, in the context of something that's like ridiculous, inherently ridiculous, is not the end of the world. But I, but I definitely think this whole free men versus slaves debate. Yes. When, yeah. when like Spartans had slaves, like it, yeah. it, it, like they, they, they had plenty of, they had helots who were. Literally yeah, they slaves. mentioned free men a number of times in this film. Like they, they yeah. actually said it. Like yeah. And it just it, it really rubbed me the wrong way. It's like if you're if you're going to sort of appropriate history to deliver this kind of clumsy metaphor of 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 the the Western civilized world versus these barbaric yeah. Easterners, at least do it with something that is remotely relate like remotely accurate. Um, whereas with this, it's just like it, it, it's 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 I'm almost hesitant to say this because it's the, it's almost unrelated to the history. Mm-hmm. To be honest. Um, but it but, says it's it says you know it's, it's it's like saying when they're saying you know you're a free man or whatever you know do it like a free man is what Lena Headey's character said. Yeah, it's almost like it's it's almost like she's saying you're the slave owner, 
go kill those slaves. Yeah, and it's 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 yeah, it, it just it rubs it really rubs me the wrong way. This 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 kind of like moralizing that the movie does over this like free men versus slaves thing, and I I try not to criticize a movie for. Well, no, actually, I was going to say I try not to criticize a movie for what it isn't, but in this case, I feel like this is more just criticizing it for having some really tone deaf um, themes. And I guess in two thousand and six, they were less problematic to me because I didn't really didn't really notice them. But now, I definitely, uh, I definitely do. Um, it's like all the bad guys for a certain amount of time were Russian during the Cold War era, yeah, and little time after, they, like, all all of like these Russian spies were always like perceived as the bad. You know, it's interesting to go back through moments in history and see how that manifests in film because it definitely, Absolutely. definitely yeah. does. Well, and I th- and I think one of the arguments against this kind of, and I understand it can be a bit annoying sometimes. People like bringing intellectual arguments to movies that are fundamentally unintellectual which I, I include this in which is not to say it's a you know a bad movie or not worth watching you can watch dumb action movies that's fine it's not a not a criticism of them but i think that there's a, there's often an argument that like well they're not trying to be intellectual or make these points but i think movies like this or i don't know if you've ever seen you might have even talked about this before but like commando from the 80s um with Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah where he just I haven't kill- seen it he kills like so many I think they're Colombian like drug drug cartel members in that movie um but movies like that even though they might not think it they have something to say about the society in which they were made um hmm. and I and I think 300 is definitely one of those where in 2006 um you know tensions after September 11th were, were probably still high enough that this movie felt even though it, even though it's kind of probably was even moralistic at the time it felt a bit more appropriate but now it's just like oh man this feels this feels like a movie that someone made straight after a, a horrible act was committed against the country it essentially feels like propaganda to me uh, which uh you know Com- commando does to some extent as well it feels like a kind of endorsement of reagan era war on drugs stuff in 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 80s america yeah well i i, I think I think there's, I think people who don't see that point of view are going to be very sort of against that point of view and think it's just like you know it's it's a classic it's a classic story from back you know, um, but it, it comes down to how it's portrayed you know and it's yeah. come down to what they choose to include and what they don't choose to include and like you know Conrad's not sitting here saying that Zack Snyder and Frank Miller intended to do this but bios that's why I use the word osmosis it's in the zeitgeist it's osmosis it's the uh, situation that you're living in which informs your work uh, and i think there definitely is an argument for that yeah yeah no I, I i think so and i'm glad you agree um so okay i wanted to end this discussion with some positives because it's not the worst movie in the world i when i when i came to do my letterbox review of it i like i i did you know rewatch i've watched it before i saw that my first review of this was was dating back was was pre letterbox even existing but i given it four stars and a like and i was like oh boy that needs to change so the like <laughs> came off and it went down to two stars um but i will say the action is still fun and i think we've talked about it before but the technique to capture both slow and regular speed uh motion by shooting on two camera cameras simultaneously mm-hmm. and kind of cut um cutting between yeah. them seamlessly yeah, yeah, yeah. that still looks really good i think um and the, the fight sequences are are kind of great I, I i think that's that's when the movie is at its best when it's just like let's do some cool fight choreography in and with slow motion and swirling red capes 
I do agree with you, and 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 the style in which it's shot, it's you still notice it a little bit with the stuntmen, but not as much. Like there's there's not as much men waiting to be killed uh, as there are <laughs> in other films. No. Like, it, 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 and I think it's because a lot of the time they just come in from off the screen and then get killed, so yeah. they're waiting off off camera. But but it, it's little less than there are in other films, so it is quite fluid, quite dynamic, um, and I lo- I love that camera trick that they did, as yeah. you said. It's, yeah. I, w- I will say it's all about people waiting to be killed. The scene in this movie where uh, Xerxes sends the immortals after them, and they built a massive wall of bodies, and yes. they shout Spartans push, and then like several seconds pass before they're able to push the wall over onto the leader of the immortals who just stands there it's like come on dude like (laughs) like, you know you you don't need to be the one who goes to investigate this you know like someone else can someone else can do this um immediately dead (laughs) yeah immediately dead um and that's yeah that those immortals are another example of just like what culture are these guys supposed to be from they've got like katanas on their backs but they're wearing turbans and they're like essentially orcs yeah, like, they, they look they look like the orcs from uh, mordor like the, yeah they're yeah. like urukai they, it, yeah. it's just like it's so ridiculous i mean that i don't mind because it's just so stupid that it's like okay well so this these are literally orcs that you're <laughs> they, and then they had a, they also with. had a guy with like uh saws for hands like yeah they, that, that executioner that guy is like someone out of silent hill like he just this yeah. big bloated guy with nipple piercings who has saws instead of arms to chop people's heads what, off. What? Like, what? What is? What's that guy's day to day life like? That's what I want to know. <laughs> like when he's not chopping off the heads of generals who've disappointed Xerxes. How's he eat? Does he just eat purely things that he can skewer with his saw hands? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna he have an has, you know, he probably has someone to put food in his mouth for him. Yeah, that's probably he probably has like a, a a set of like concubines or something to 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 yeah feed him and bathe him and all that stuff. Because you're disgusting, not disgusting though. You're not scrubbing yourself down with those, I'll tell you that much. Um, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> that's really all the positive I've got to say about this movie. The action is is pretty good. The CGI hasn't aged that well, but I mean, Gerald Butler's does a good job, as we've said. I think there's a, you know, there is an iconic character in there, even if he's kind of mired in a ridiculous movie. There's um, a couple of big moments for him which you remember. Like you remember, this is Sparta. You also remember, what is your profession? You know that part. Um, <laughs> yeah. So there's a couple of a couple of moments, you know, uh, the parts where he's like trying to be his own thing and not gladiator. I like the Arcadian guy who turns up and just immediately starts shit talking the Spartans. And like, because <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, like, in the yeah, in this reality, these guys are literally like the Avengers. Like, there's yeah. there's three hundred of them, and they like kill so many people, <laughs> and none of them wear armor. They don't like. They don't need it. Well, clear. I mean, one of them, a couple of them do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That dude. <laughs> Okay, here's a question for you. Before we finish, I don't actually know his name, but you know the character who's like the sergeant? He's like Leonidas' second in command who goes his absolutely goes insane. Along. Yeah, he, he goes insane when his son dies. Yeah. Do you think that that was that guy's real hair? Because when he gets when his son gets his, his head cut off and he goes insane, I, I've never seen... It, it looks like Gene Simmons' hair. It's just like this kind of thatch of hair that's like out to here. It's unbelievable volume that he gets on it. I didn't think of it, you know, as a teenager, I was looking at those abs thinking they were fake. I should have been looking at the hair. I think the abs were fake, to be honest. I think you were... Some I, of them I, were. Some of them were. Some of them were. I think most of them were at least uh, embellished a little with some spray paint. There's, there's Contrast one scene... turned up. You can see more yeah, lines than yeah. there should be. There's one scene in particular where Michael Fassbender's in the background and they're, 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 they've definitely got some 
got some kind of uh, makeup on his chest to uh, to make him look like he's got more more muscles than he actually does. Michael uh, Fassbender, I really f- I forgot he was in this. Um, it's a sort of maybe a Florence Pugh in uh, Fighting with My Family thing. I didn't really know who he was when I saw it. You know, um, yeah, this is definitely the first in, time I'd seen him. He was in Hunger, uh, the Irish. Um, was that two thousand six strike film? No, that was 2008. So he was, oh, like, okay. he was in it two years later. Um, so I, I honestly thought Hunger was his first big break, but obviously not. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we talked briefly off air about him being in Band of Brothers. I don't know what else. He was in a number of episodes of Band of Brothers, apparently. Yeah. I do not remember him in Band of Brothers at all. And I literally rewatched that like three months ago. So he can't have been that big a part. Or I've just completely forgotten him. It's entirely possible. Um, he might be one of those guys when he was in his early 20s, he looks different than he did in his 30s, but when he was in his 30s, he still looked like he was in his early 20s. Yeah, he's, he's yeah he's I think he's he, he grew up a lot in the space of like five years and then just stayed looking like that for the rest of his Pat. life. Pat, he plays a character called Pat, Burton P. Christensen. He's in Christensen. seven episodes. Well, he must be an easy company then. After go, I'll have to go and watch it again. Anyway... <laughs> Michael Fassbender's in this movie, and he's not bad either. That's that's the most positive thing I can say for it. And Anthony, any any like parting thoughts for our beleaguered audience who probably want want to hear us say something nice about a movie? I'd never thought I would want to go and watch the sequel to this one, and I still kind of don't. <laughs> but I there's a, there's a thing in me now which thinks, you know, if it's the same quality, which is not very good, but if it was the same quality, I maybe I'll watch it. Maybe I'll watch it, see what happens. I I almost did rewatched it actually. I've seen it once and I really I've didn't like it. it. But um, after watching this, I was like, maybe I should revisit that. Just to be honest, I hated that movie when I really liked this movie. So maybe I've done a switch or on these. <laughs> and like, Who would I'm... have ever thought that Meet the Spartans would come out on top of these three films? <laughs> yeah, that uh, that is a bold claim. Actually, like Meet the Spartans <laughs> is a bad movie. Very bad. Very well, what, we'll we'll do um we'll do like a a watch party and watch all of them in in quick succession and then we'll rank them. <laughs> yeah, the um, true sequel, Meet the Spartans. Yeah, um, I've never seen it, so that'd be exciting. That's gonna do it for us, I think. Here, which which leaves us with uh, as it, as we always do, uh, one simple question to answer, and that is, Anthony, what's your favorite movie this week? Um, I'm gonna go Matilda because it got me continued my good streak. Oh, okay, lovely. Uh, I'm going to say Gladiator because it's a better version of 300. Um, <laughs> thank you to Nancy Wyatt and Jared Iscariot for the use of our theme song. You can find links to their stuff down in the dialogue. Dialogue? The description. Sc- description, that's what it's called, uh, below. Um, check out check out all their other stuff. And thank you to you for joining us. Uh, please consider subscribing. We are The Culture Cave on YouTube. We are the best movie podcast ever on podcasting apps. Um, and get involved in the comments let us know what you've been watching this week and drop us a like it really does help and we will see you same time same place next week and cut and cut